it feels like the programs that you've been going to offer and your hope has been a combination of both a peer group where you really feel you belong and connect and they're your people as the phrase you use which is very much my feeling around masterminds and why i'd want to be part of one and why i'd want to run one hey there ladies and gentlemen this is michael vesey from the amazing fba podcast for amazon sellers i'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast the e-commerce leader which is the show for the owner of any e-commerce business including those outside of the amazon sort of sphere in this shorter episode we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects fresh from our experts panel chris green jason miles kyle hamer and myself michael vesey enjoy the show if you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 409. We are talking today about how to find your perfect community, a paid community, should you in fact be joining a high-priced mastermind for e-commerce sellers or business owners. And if so, how do you choose that? How do you get the right community? Surprisingly important question for a lot of e-commerce operators for small business owners who operate often in isolation from each other, it can be a really powerful and surprisingly big problem for people to find a really great place to meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and really help you move your business forward. There's lots of potential. There are some frustrations which can come with finding the perfect group as well. So hopefully you can work those through with us and find yourself the perfect e-commerce community. I've just got to mention the one that I'm, because I mentioned it during the podcast, if you want to come and check out what I do at the 10K Collective Mastermind in London, England, it's for e-commerce operators who sell primarily on Amazon, six to seven figures, and live in the UK or Europe. So it's quite specific. If that happens to coincide with you, come and check it out at theamazonmastermind.com. And of course, if you want to check out what Jason and Kyle are doing, it's at omnirocket.com. And I hope you enjoy the show. So what do you say with regards to the social side then so feeling anxious around your fellow members would you say that the obviously zoom doesn't produce the bond that in person does would you say that twice a year is typical for the masterminds that you've seen and would you say that doesn't feel like it, it's enough what's going on there for you yeah it's hard the groups i've been a part of it generally it, it depends some are totally virtual some have a meet once a year type agreement but it's been all over the board. I, that part's never really worked to me the only mastermind group i'd say i was a part of wasn't a paid high ticket thing it was actually meeting somebody at a, an event. It was Jeff Walker event, a product launch formula event. And I met a guy, Mike, and we hit it off. Just were in the same hotel and had breakfast together. And as it happens, he is a digital marketer. And we started doing just Zoom meetings. He's from Scotland. And we started doing Zoom meetings and we did that for five years. It was amazing. It was great. But it was totally organic and it wasn't a paid thing. It was just because we really were interested in learning from each other. And then we met actually at several other events. We would go to Brendan Burchard events together, that kind of thing. And so that's the only time I would really say I met somebody in one of these that's really turned into sort of a long-term learning relational kind of connection. Yeah. That's interesting. I've got to say that I have seen things grow out on the masterminds. I'm not keeping my own trumpet. Maybe it's the question of how narrow your against the point of the people and how narrow the focus yeah. is of the type of people you got there that have seen people yeah. form various forms of partnerships. Sometimes they last longer than others and work better than others, don't get me wrong, but there, there have been some quite a lot of collaborations. That's almost like a sign of health in a mastermind in a way, I would say. That's interesting mm -hmm. to hear that's only yeah. come up once. So related to that, and I've got, you've got another question here, I'm going to nick your question, but it is yours. So 
what do you hope you're learning? Is that realistic? Is a question you've asked, which I think is very good. I'm going to put that question to you because <laughs> it feels like you go in with a lot of hope multiple times. You definitely have a lot of optimism around masterminds and it mm -hmm. feels like you're being disappointed quite often. So what's the answer for you? What do you hope you'll learn? And how's that been realistic so far? The core sales job for marketing a mastermind goes something like this. The guru knows a bunch of techniques for generally marketing or digital marketing or whatever it is, e-commerce. And the people in the room are only going to be really successful students, protégés, learners that have also scaled. And you too can be a part of this group. The implication there is that you're going to learn how the guru did what the guru did and be able to replicate that, that, that outcome and learn what the mentees did, you know, the fellow learners, what they've done and replicate the outcome in your own business, in your own context. Maybe that's just too big a stretch. Maybe it does happen. And, but I, I don't know. I don't, in my case, it's never, I've never felt like that promise was fulfilled. Like the promised land that they said we would get to, I haven't seen that land, promised land. I don't see but land flowing with milk to use the biblical narrative, the grapes, the size of the watermelons or whatever. I've never seen the fruit of it quite materialized like that, like it was sold. And that's interesting to me to look back on. And so maybe it's on me. Maybe it's not realistic. Maybe I'm hearing what I want to hear and believing what I want to believe as I go into such ventures. And I'm not down on these groups. I, I'm continuing to sign up for them because I do have this underlying thesis, which is if you don't learn, you don't grow. And learning and growing in our business is vital. And the question is, how do you best do that? And I do think that there's opportunity to do that in these types of groups or else I wouldn't keep signing up for them. And I'm not saying I've gotten zero value. That wouldn't be fair at all. I have gotten value. I've gotten frameworks and clarity on ideas. And I would say that they've loosely translated into growth and success inside bit businesses, but it hasn't been a cleanest process as I imagined, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Interesting. And again, you're not alone in that. I guess a lot of people, as one of my guests put on recently, Ken Burke, who's been through everything. He actually had a 10 figure exit of an e-commerce business in 2016. So he's really been around the block and he had Segoia Capital Fund and everything. And he said, yeah, 10 out of 10 marketers will tell you their stuff works, but maybe two out of 10 does. So I guess it's a question of, you've got, it's weird, isn't it? You've got to have that kind of belief that things are possible. They're mm -hmm. probably becoming a cynic and yet filtering things for reality is difficult, isn't it? I guess the only thing you can do is suck it and see, and you're willing to keep trying yeah. it. And yeah. the other reflection I have on that is just this, that it feels like the programs that you've been going to offer and your hope has been a combination of both a peer group where you really feel you belong and connect and they're your people as the phrase you use, which is very much my feeling around masterminds and why I'd want to be part of one and why I'd want to run one. And also the combination of that and a sort of mental. Yeah. And learning outcomes from the mentor. And learning yeah. outcomes. So there's a lot yeah. of things that, that are hoped for, mm -hmm. I guess, implied by the price tag. It sounds like you've actually had very successful relationship with a mentor that you've described, which wasn't even paid. You've got a, a person you have breakfast meetings. Mm -hmm. Is there perhaps a thesis for separating those out and having a peer group on the one hand and a mentor on the other that don't yeah. happen to know each other? Yeah. I mean, it's totally right. As you're describing it, I didn't think about my relationship with my mentor, Ron, but that was a totally unpaid thing, of course, except I buy breakfast every other Saturday when we met, but I met with him for probably eight or nine years. 
every Saturday. We rarely missed. And he was in a completely different industry, but he was a small business operator with a lot of experience on the finance and process and system side, completely different business context than what Cinnamon and I were in. But I learned a ton from that guy. And he didn't have a book or curriculum or anything that like, he wasn't trying to be a mentor. It was just somebody who was a crusty old business operator that was willing to go to lunch because I kept him entertained and I would talk about crypto and e-commerce, stuff like that, that he would just laugh about and had no clue on. And then he'd learn a little bit about it. And, but that was an example of the completely unpaid thing. I think that this question of what your uh, goals are or your outcomes are trying to get out of this is really vital because for example, I'll just use this as an example. And so I'll use Jeff Walker as product launch formula. As an example, I have not been a part of his mastermind. So nothing that I've said in this conversation is about his mastermind to be clear. But what I have said to people repeatedly is if you want the best product launch training, sign up for Jeff Walker's product launch formula event. But then I've always said to people, but just read his book because why wait for the event? You could read his book. I went through his high ticket training, $2,000 course. I've also gone to his live events and done all of the workbook training for three days and also have his book. And if you just buy his book, you're, that's the learning outcome that you want. Just get the $7 version on Kindle or whatever it is. And so I think that is a core consideration is what is your outcome that you're trying to achieve? Jeff has 10 years worth of YouTube video. You could just watch those videos if your goal is just to learn the guy's stuff. And that's much, much cheaper than being a part of a small group or anything like that. So I think those are vital considerations to really think about objectively, not in the moment of the emotional, hey, there's an opportunity, hey, I want to buy this type in a minute. So another reflection then is that you found somebody very helpful as a business mentor, perhaps particularly in the early stages for you of small business, shall we say. Obviously, you knew a lot about business. You had an MBA. You're working for a big yeah. charity, but so my question is, does the mentor have to be in the same industry if what you need is maybe the non-industry specific generic business skills? Certainly, I would say a reason to take that thesis seriously is that most of what I see with a lot of my mastermind members is that where they're really lacking skills isn't the latest e-commerce marketing hack at all. Not to mm -hmm. say you shouldn't learn it, but it's actually because the finance is non-existent or a mess, for example. What are your thoughts on that? Do they have to be in the same industry? No. No, clearly not. I think there's, there's not either or. This can all be both and. You can be as part of the group for learning tactical strategy things in your niche or industry, but you also can be a part of groups that are much more foundational or fundamental in nature where you talk about what does wisdom look like in general? What does the wisdom look like in business? What does good solid business process look like for the boring mundane things like legal accounting, finance, operations, inventory control, all that stuff is niche or product agnostic. It's more just the foundational stuff. And the better you get at that stuff, the better you're going to be at any niche. You, you're going to bring those skill sets to any party and be like, yeah, I know how to run a business. And so to me, these are all learning objectives. I wanted all that stuff. I wanted to learn run a business. I had an MBA for that reason, but then I got practical wisdom and experience from that mentor and from just experimentation. But there's still a place for these small group masterminds where it's okay, we're going to nerd out over this specific angle or industry or niche or topic or marketing approach. So I think that's an, a key consideration is I guess these things can't solve all your problems, all your learning yeah. hopes and desires. That's just not realistic, you know?
Or uh, so you've been crash test dummies for quite a few of these things. So yeah, your, your experience might suggest that's a hard thing to achieve. Certainly, maybe it's possible yeah. out there somewhere. You've got a couple of other yeah. points that I ought to give you a chance to say, like other things to think about if you're considering it. Is the mastermind the right kind of thing for me, particularly high ticket mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think another consideration is, are you ready to implement and implement the approaches and strategies that the guru is leading into and that the group is focused on? If you're not ready to implement, then it's clearly a bad idea to, to join just for building relationships or for even learning the information. That's not sufficient. It's like, where's the rubber hit the road? Are you actually going to do the stuff? And I mean, I've been a part of groups where it's nice people, great information. I'm not doing any of this because this is not the right, I'm not ready to implement right now. Maybe it's too early. I'm like, I'm a year away from this, whatever. And so I think that's a key consideration is generally speaking, these courses don't go away or these groups don't go away. And if the time is right, then, you know, the, they'll, it'll be available to you to join again, despite what the gurus generally saying in their pitch or whatever. And so I think that's a key part of it. So I, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm super down on groups or our masterminds because I just, again, joined one <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think they're valuable. I think they have their place. And I think it's important for us to ask the hard question of how are we learning new things and how are we getting better skill sets? Because if we're not learning, we're shrinking back, we're dying. Yeah. Our business will fail. If we stat you know, become static in what we know as e-commerce operators or marketers, if you took what you knew in 2016 and said, that's the only thing I'm going to just implement over and over, you wouldn't be as successful as yeah. if you said, what's the new thing? Who do I learn it from? How do I learn it well and really implement and learn from others around me? And I, so to me, that's the underlying desire is this kind of education and groups. And it's vital to have, you have to have that in my view as a small business operator, or you're not going to be successful. I agree with that. There's one little, perhaps I want to pick up, which is you have to learn the new thing. Now I agree with that because e-commerce and digital marketing, digital environment generally is always changing. So new is really critical. But to the point about foundational things, those change less over time. They do change, yeah. codes change, but more slowly generally. And I think actually, perhaps that's just a different place where you learn that. Perhaps you need a different type of group or a different mm -hmm. mentor or a different thing. Maybe it just comes down to, as you say, the hard thing is to get it all in one place. And maybe that the pitch from the gurus is sufficiently enticing that you think you're going to get it in one place. And maybe that's, as you said, it's really hard. I guess that's one thing that's coming out of today. Uh, yeah, which really yeah. brings us to our last question that you've got, isn't it really? I think this is a good one that follows on. Yeah. And then a final thought was, are there better alternatives? And so this is a, an objective point of view on these things. You've gotten in someone's funnel there. They've been. This. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm used yeah. to you completely no, no, no. by accident. No, that's fine. You got in someone's funnel. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're in somebody's funnel and you, you, you've heard their marketing pitch, you know who they are, you've started to know and trust them. And then you have a small group mastermind that you can be a part of. And the temptation is to say yes to that because you trust the person and you're liking the presentation of business success and all of the skills that they have, and they're going to teach you in the small group. But the harder, more objective thing is to say, is this person really the actual best person in this industry? for this thing, or is there somebody who would approach this thing in a way that is more appealing to me and who I am and what I'm all about? 
and somebody who I would align with their ethos perspectives more. And I think that's a key consideration that is more objective to think about because the problem is you don't know what you don't know. You don't know the other people in the industry. You haven't been a part of nine people's funnel and they all do the same thing and they all have the same programs. And then you can objectively say this person is like this, they're in this is their style, personality, cultural fit, societal point of view, whatever. And these other people have this other point of view. And it can come down to just little things like their stylistic choices. Are they really like a harsh yeller, a passionate, pound the table, cuss a lot at you and just be like, get in your face? Or are they more mothering and loving? They come off as like a real gentle soul that's going to gently nudge you towards truth. Those are very different stylistic options and alternatives. And so I think that's a key consideration is, are you going to learn from somebody who has the absolute best fit for who you are and what you need to learn and how you need to learn it. And I think that's hard to figure out, but I think it's worth asking the question. And if some of us are trying to learn the same thing over and over, year after year, we're saying, I'm still trying to learn this. I'm still trying to learn this. I'm still trying to learn this. And I think that's where there's an opportunity here for us, which is, I guess, to be less committed to one person and just say, hey, this year, I'm going to be a part of this person's group. Next year, I'm going to be part of this other person's group, and I'm going to strategically do that. So I learn and connect with different ways because of the two experiences. Yeah, it's one option that I see and hear quite a lot from the mastermind members is that quite a few people are a member of more than one group, and some mm-hmm. of them are quite expensive. And the 10K Collective is ridiculously affordable at the time of speaking, so I put the price up because it, the value yeah. it produces. But to, to your point, I, yes, I, I think it feels a bit like sometimes... Funny reference point, but in my intuition is saying, I talk to people sometimes talking about their life partner slash significant other, wife, husband, whatever you call it in the 2022. Yeah. And I think a lot of the complaints come from the fact that you're trying to get everything for one relationship. That puts a heck of mm. a burden on that one relationship. And I'm not saying mm. that you shouldn't get a lot out of your wife or husband as a relationship or, or, and give a lot. Of course, that's the other side. You got to think about business partnership is intense as well. And there's a lot there. But I think with a mastermind or a mentor, to your point, You've got to commit or not commit. And I think that's not a bad thing to therefore put a high price on it. But you're not going to get everything from one place. And I think that's one thing that's really, I don't know what's emerged for you and if it's been helpful to you, Jason, and therefore to the listeners. But I've, one thing mm-hmm. that's emerged from your relations of these things is that trying to get everything in one place sounds really difficult. It doesn't sound yeah. like you personally ever experienced a mastermind that's actually got the program and the mentor and the pay group to any high level of satisfaction. But what you have expressed is that you've had a mentor who you had a very strong and good relationship with and learned a, l- a ton from, but it wasn't actually in your industry and that you have had connections with people in your industry. So it feels like the pieces of the jigsaw are out there and maybe, I don't know, maybe we all just need to put them together for ourselves. Yeah, it's interesting because you've got you to invest with something and you've got, and you have an expectation of something being returned. So it's either time or money that you're investing in. So going to breakfast every Saturday for nine years with somebody who's your mentor is a time commitment more than in a long-term time commitment, more than it is a money commitment. And so that's different calculus. It's a different, what are my expectations in terms of return for me? But when it's a, when it's a high ticket mastermind, it becomes very money focused. Okay. I'm going to spend, pick the number 10,000, $20,000. I expect if this doesn't help me by that amount or two or three or 10 times more in return, that this is not successful. So it becomes very transactional in a way, in, in, in some ways, but that's fair enough. You have to evaluate these things on either, you know, is it improving the quality of your life and your business in non-monetary ways? 
or is it returning an ROI that you can say, yes, I, I spent this money and I know I learned these things and I got these relationships and now I'm doing X amount better. So anyway, so th- I think those are key considerations. So hopefully this hasn't been an intense amount of navel gazing and therapizing Jason's choices related to high ticket masterminds, but hopefully it's been helpful for people to listen to our thinking and thought process as we evaluate these important decisions. Absolutely. And I think the reason I indulged in in putting that spin on it playfully is that actually a lot of people out there will be going through the same things because I speak to my mastermind members, some of whom have paid, never mind, $20,000 for a year long mastermind. They paid $10,000 for one weekend long event in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's a weekend long event in Las Vegas to me should give a little bit of a warning flag over it. I'm just saying, but you know, what do I know? I've not been to Las Vegas, but that just, yeah, it says to me, that's putting a heck of an expectation. You're going to get a value out of that. But yes, uh, to your point about not being down on masterminds, I think it is a thing to wrestle with. I've been basically running on part of masterminds for about eight years now in the e-commerce space, actually. Mm -hmm. And I started doing it for my own sake. And then I ran something for beginners. And then I've been running the 10K Collective for six to seven figure Amazon sellers for five years now. And I keep wrestling with the best way to do it because I, to your point, I also have faith, maybe from the opposite side, not so much driven to join so many as to, although I have done, as to try and run one that really sings and hums and gives that kind of connection that you clearly hunger for and that all of us hunger for. And so I think there is power in it. There's immense power in it, but is something you've got to seek out. And to your point, I guess, be quite Maybe critical is not the right word, but really think about, is it a match for you rather than mm-hmm. just going along with the marketing? I think is yeah, I'm totally, totally agree. Thank you for a great conversation today on this topic. If you are listening to this conversation on any podcast player, we'd love to have your highest and best review, the five stars or the comments or whatever you can do to support the show. It's really a huge blessing and help. Last month, as we record this last month was our highest listenership month ever crazy and it just keeps getting better and better so we're really grateful for the chance to serve e-commerce leaders and we hope to make content that continues to resonate with your guys's heart from california and your mind from london and uh, put the feet and butter and the chocolate together and uh, have a great time with it if you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 409 thanks for listening to the 10k collective podcast for six and seven figure amazon sellers i really hope you found the show helpful to you please don't forget to subscribe to the show and if you're on apple podcasts please do leave us a quick star rating It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.